Welcome to the Outpost Church Podcast. This is a message from our recent Sunday gathering, and we hope it builds you up in your faith and encourages you. Enjoy. Sweet. So yeah, I get to carry on our um, teachings on the lectionary as we're following that for January. So last week we had Christy sharing on um, the baptism of Jesus. That was the theme for the week and the theme of the readings and yeah, this week and then for the next two weeks as well, our theme is Epiphany. So if you don't know what that means, I've come loaded with some dictionary meanings for us. So an Epiphany, um, the dictionary meaning is a usually sudden manifestation or perception of the essential nature or meaning of something. So I hope that cleared it up for you. Or, yeah, like a light bulb moment is an easy way to put it. Another meaning would be an intuitive grasp of reality through something such as an event, usually simple and striking. And then the final one, an illuminating discovery, realisation or disclosure. So it's kind of like you just get a grasp on something that's already there. It's not like something new comes into the scenario. It's just like this is already real, but now it just makes sense to me. So epiphany, that's our theme. So I was reading Mark, which isn't actually part of the lectionary readings for this week. And in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, Jesus says, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So he's essentially saying to them that like, this is the true reality, that the kingdom of God has come near. Just change the way you're thinking and believe what's actually true. So for today's message, it's not going to be like a, maybe unfortunately, it's not going to be like a super in-depth Bible study, but more we're going to look at a couple of the passages and just, I feel like as I was reading them, there was definitely things that challenged me and opportunities for us to potentially repent or change the way we think about certain things. But yeah, that's what's coming up. So yeah, just quickly on repentance as well. It doesn't need to be, like it might sound, like hearing that that's coming up might make you feel like uncomfortable. You might want to check out and be like, okay, I'm not going to engage too much because then I need to change something. But repentance doesn't necessarily need to be this full-blown confession of a big sin. It can simply just be, oh, I was really thinking about that in the wrong way and I just need to change and line up with what God's saying. So, yeah, that's where we're going today. So I'll pray and we'll get stuck into it. So, Father, I just thank you for your kindness to us. Thank you for your mercy to us that you always give us an opportunity to repent, that you give us an opportunity to change the way we think. I pray that you would humble us today, Father, that you'd use the words um, that I'm speaking to help us really meet with you today, that it would be a real encounter with you and it would go further than just... uh, I guess a standard Sunday, but it would be something that really does actually impact our lives. So yeah, would you use me today, Father? Amen. So yeah, our first reading, and it was the first reading of the week, is um, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. And I've heard it said many times, it's not a sin to use the index if you're trying to find where that is in your Bible as well. especially since we don't seem to venture into the Old Testament too much. So, yeah, it's in the Old Testament. 
First Samuel chapter 3, and it's verses 1 to 10. The boy Samuel served the Lord in Eli's presence. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and prophetic visions were not widespread. One day, Eli, whose eyesight was failing, was lying in his usual place, before the lamp of God had gone out. Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was located. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. He ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. I didn't call, Eli replied. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Once again, the Lord called Samuel. The Lord called, Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. I didn't call, my son, he replied. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Once again, for the third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up, went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the boy. He told Samuel, Go and lie down. If he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came, stood there, and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel responded, Speak, for your servant is listening. So that's a crazy story. And as I said before, this passage challenged me in a few different ways. And so our first one to consider is, is the word of the Lord rare in your life? So that's, for me, that was, yeah, one of the challenging points that stood out. And like, so this um, story is a totally different context to our relationship with God. Like it's old covenant and the way that God spoke to his people then was different to how it is now with our free access to God the Father through Jesus, whereas back then obviously it was through prophets and specific people and God just didn't speak to anyone at any time. But, yeah, that phrase, the, Lord, the word of the Lord was rare at that time. Like, it just challenged me, like, is his word is his voice in my life rare? Like, do I hear him often speaking to me, directing me? And I wonder if you've ever felt like that's true for you. Because this, yeah, definitely times for me, whether it's I've stopped reading the Bible regularly because things are just too busy or, you know, I just haven't been dedicating any time to, like, prayer and actually, like, asking God, what do you want to do in my life? But I love here that it says that Samuel was laying down in the presence of God. That he was laying down in the temple where the ark of God was located, which for us almost in a new covenant sense is like being in God's presence, like resting in his presence. So I wonder like, yeah, for us if it's that we're, I guess, striving for God's attention or approval and not just stopping and simply resting in his presence. Like maybe that's one of the reasons why his word may seem rare to us, that we're, we're coming and trying to like prove ourselves to him when he says, you're already accepted in the beloved. I remember having a, a word for a guy at a camp once. Like he just wanted to like know God more and hear his voice more. And I just had this picture. Like he was on the treadmill in the throne room of God trying to get closer to God. And God was like, 
son, just step off the treadmill and give me a hug. You're already accepted in the beloved. There isn't more striving that needs to be done. We get to rest in the finished work of Jesus. And then in more of a broader sense for us as outpost, um, like, for example, we've got that 21 days of season of prayer coming up. And we want to be a church who are hearing God's voice where his word isn't rare in the life of this community, like pressing into that, pressing into the Tuesday night weekly prayer meetings, whatever it is. Like it's not just because we want to put something on and run events or things. It's because we actually want to be a community that hears God and is directed by him. We want to do what he wants us to do. But it is easy to like fall back into that place of just you wake up in the morning and it's all about like, what am I, what do I, what do I want to do today? I've got a free day ahead, what do I want to do? But yeah, I guess one of the chances for us, we'll have time later on to sit, but if that is, I guess, convicting for you that the word of the Lord, like if, if you can relate to the word of the Lord being rare in your life, like there'll be an opportunity to sit with the Lord and process that and be like, what do you want me to do next? So yeah, the second point for this one is do you know the Lord through his word? So I think this one's actually a great passage, especially for some of the younger people here, like younger kids almost and youth. It applies to everyone, but especially you guys. It says that Samuel was serving the Lord and was in his presence, but he didn't know the Lord. And I think... Like, I know that being in God's presence and attending church are not the same thing necessarily, but, like, it is, like, coming to church and being a part of church in no way guarantees that you actually come to know God. Like, and similar with this, Samuel was serving literally near the ark of God and he didn't even know who was in the box, to put it in that way. Like, he didn't know God. And for me, I remember that, yeah, I grew up in a, like, uh, Abbeford Park Baptist Church and I was, I was probably about 13 or 14 years old and I just remember um, this lady was sitting in front of me and at the end of the service she just turned around and said to me um, I feel like Jesus wants you to invite him into for you to invite him into your heart and it was interesting because that was not like you'd think oh that you must have been burning during that time or you must that must have been really obvious to you but I had wasn't I wasn't like going guns blazing my faith. I definitely, it wasn't even on my radar to accept Jesus or invite him into my heart. But like this lady just turned around and said that to me and then explained like it's super simple. You just during the week when you're on your own, just say to God, say to Jesus, Jesus, I invite you into my heart if that's something you want to do. And so she prayed with me there and it was weird as I started crying and I wasn't sure what was going on. And then during the week, I actually did it. I was just in my room and I remember saying, Jesus, like, I invite you into my heart. Nothing felt like it changed at all. Nothing changed. I went back the next week and she asked me after the service, oh, how'd you go during the week? And I told her I did it and she was like, or like she was pumped and she prayed with me and I cried again. It was strange. But I wonder for us, like Crystal, if you haven't listened to the podcast, Crystal shared on this passage and it was awesome. And she was sharing about how Eli was actually used by God to help Samuel in his journey and his relationship with God and that for us is the same call like there's people around us in our community and 
And I guess whether you're more mature or not, like it's our job to help others in discerning God's voice and help them in their journey with God. And so that's what Eli was doing in this passage. Three different times Samuel heard the voice, didn't know what was going on, and it took Eli coming in. And I remember with this lady, like if she didn't turn around and just follow that prompting and speak to me, like I have no idea how old I would have been before I invited Jesus in my life. And it wasn't like this full life-changing moment, but it was definitely the moment that I actually did invite him in for the first time. So yeah, we get to do that with each other, with the youth, with the younger ones, but even with each other, we get to be people who help each other discern God's voice, whether it's like, yeah, big decisions we're trying to make, whatever it is. And yeah, the second part to knowing God through his word, knowing the Lord through his word is the like, it says in verse seven, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So there's this like sense that knowing the Lord actually needs to come through his word. And so for us, like the Old Testament certainly reveals heaps about, I guess, how God acts and his nature and lots of things but the clearest revelation is through his son Jesus so in the New Testament it says in Colossians that Jesus is the image of the invisible God so like if we want to know if you wanted to know what an invisible person was like you would need like if you wanted to get to know them it would definitely help if you could see them if that makes sense and so Jesus for us is the image of the invisible God so a great place to start with that is looking in the Gospels, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, at whatever pace you want, just looking in there and just being like, God, I want to know you, praying as you read it. And then Hebrews 1 says that God used to speak in lots of different ways through the prophets, but now he has spoken through his Son. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature. So to know the Lord is to know him through his word, and his word is Jesus. I wonder, yeah, sometimes when I get caught, like when I'm in doing a reading plan or devotions or whatever it is, like sometimes it ends up being like I'm engaging with the Bible and then I'm like really thinking about it and I'm pondering it. But I want to encourage us to try and like invite Jesus into that process. So rather than sort of reading something and being like, I wonder why Jesus did that certain thing or said that certain thing, you can simply just change it to be like, Jesus, why did you say that that way? Or why did you do that that way? And it's crazy the fruit that that bears because it's just automatically taking it from being, I guess, a theological concept to actually like a relational thing and that's where the fruit comes. So do you know the Lord through his word? And now, yeah, we're just going to touch on John chapter 1, which was the last reading. And again, for the plug for the podcast, if you haven't listened to it yet, Waverly did that one. And there's things she said which I'd never even thought of. So it was awesome, worth getting into. So yeah, John chapter 1, verse 43 is where we're starting. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. 
he found Philip and told him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and so did the prophets. Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathanael asked him. Come and see, Philip answered. Then Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said about him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Jesus answered. Rabbi, Nathanael replied, You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus responded to him, Do you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, Truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So my point for this one is, do we know what the Lord says about us? But then more importantly, like, do we believe it? So the story as a whole is a bit of a funny one. And like, if you try to imagine yourself being Philip, I'm sure we've been in similar um, scenarios. It's where like you bring up Jesus with the friend and you like sort of, you go to introduce Jesus to your friend and there's a skeptical response. And that's exactly what Nathaniel is doing here. But then when that, your friend, if you've ever had it where a friend actually meets Jesus and then everything's changed, it's gone from skepticism to like almost worship of who this man is. That's what ends up happening here with Nathaniel. But the main part that I wanted to focus on for this one is the interaction between Jesus and Nathaniel. So we've got Nathaniel here and he's just kind of made this like smart aleck comment about Jesus. He's like taken a shot about him before he's, I guess, met him. And you could almost, yeah, you could describe it as like using guile. Like he's sort of paying out Jesus because he came from Nazareth. It'd be like, I don't know, in my head, because we live down south, we don't pay out south as much, but we'd say, oh, he's from Elizabeth or something like that. But, so, like you could describe that as using guile. And then the first thing that Jesus says to Nathaniel is here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. The first thing he says to him. And other translations do use the word, instead of deceit, they'll swap it and use guile. So it's like the same as saying that like, so Jesus isn't coming up to Nathaniel and saying like, you're right, nothing good comes out of Nazareth. He's actually saying, he's talking to him and relating to him as how he sees him in Christ, not as how he's actually acting. I'm hoping this is making sense. So it's like, it's like the same as someone who's, who's like just gotten angry, right? You've just like had a rage moment and then Jesus comes up and says, here is someone in whom there is no anger. Or it's someone who like, you've like just sworn or whatever it is and then they come up and say, here's someone who never uses coarse language. So he's, Jesus is relating to Nathaniel according to who he is in Christ, like who he's created to be in Christ. And that's how he relates to us. And then Nathaniel goes on and responds, how do you know me? And I love here that like, Jesus is under no obligation to answer that question. And it reminds me of like, so many testimonies that I've heard where someone will say, 
Like, they really, they want to know God. They're actually, like, seeking and they'll say, okay, God, if you're real, do this. If you're really real, would you do this? And so many times, God actually comes through and answers their request. And it's because of his great love for us, his desire to have relationship with us. So here, he responds to Philip, even though he didn't need to. And he says, I saw you under the fig tree. And Nathaniel, sorry, that's what he said to Nathaniel. And Nathaniel responds appropriately. And it's in a statement of faith to who Jesus is. Like for us, like Nathaniel could have said, so you're right about, you're right, I'm an Israelite. And you're right, I was under the fig tree. But you're not right about that deceit thing. Like if you heard me moments ago, you wouldn't be saying that about me. But that's, that's how we often respond to God. When he's saying things about us, like, you are my chosen one, holy and dearly loved. Or you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we're coming back saying, like, yeah, you're right, I'm a child of God, but, like, that other part wasn't true because if you knew the way I was acting. But that's not how Jesus relates to us. He actually speaks to us according to who we are in him and calls us up into that. So for starters, do we know what the Lord says about us? Because it's hard to act or it's hard to live out of a place of what he says about us. We don't know what he says. But then the other side is like, do we believe what he actually says about us? So we're going to have a bit of time now, like probably maximum like five minutes to just reflect on some of those points. There's a slide as well that'll be up there. Um, and yeah, maybe if you don't know what God does say about you, I've got a few passages as well that you can maybe flick open to and just ponder those and, and just like, I don't know, I heard people say, do business with God, like just talk to him about these things. Maybe you need to repent of something. Like, is the word of the Lord rare in your life? Ask him, Lord, how, how can I have you as a bigger part of my life? Wherever your starting point is, start from there. Or do you know the Lord through his word? Maybe Bible reading is the hard part for you or maybe you try to read the Bible but when you read it, it doesn't make any sense to you. Like you can, right now you can ask God to help you with that. You can spend some time because often for me in devotional times, sometimes prayer, prayer is almost the first part that can get neglected. It's easy to read something but it's hard and it's, almost like the biggest statement of faith when you actually pray because it's talking to someone. Like, it's saying, God, you're real because I wouldn't be talking to you if you weren't real. So prayer, yeah, spend this time now in prayer with him. And then that last one, do you know what the Lord says about you? And do you believe it? So there's a few passages, yeah, as I said, that you can look at. Um, just there's a few identity statements about you. You can spend some time asking the Lord, help me to believe this. Help me to believe what you say about me.